Blog Talk Radio. I want some theme music. There we go. There's no earthly way of knowing. <laughs> Good man, a lot of time. Which direction we are going? Narekio Camino. It would have been DWI. have reached a tipping point. guest tonight. He is Mr. Brett Sawyer, and getting to talk to him tonight and leading the way is my good friend and the man who is a legend and a Hall of Famer in his own right, Larry Goodman, and I, of course, am Stephen Platinum. How are you doing tonight, Larry? I am doing well. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. You know, I'm job to job and all that kind of stuff, but at the end of the day, um, this was just too good of an opportunity to pass up. Um, you know, the, the idea of talking to Brett Sawyer. Um, now, some of our listeners might not be familiar of who he is, but after this interview, you most certainly will be. But what's a great way to sum up who Brett Sawyer is, Larry? Well, I mean, he he journeyed through all the major territories that existed in the um, early and mid-'80s. Um, he, he had stints in almost all of them, and of course was the legendary Buzz Sawyer's younger brother, which he actually was. They were real brothers. So, um, you know, you would think about the, the, all the people he crossed paths with during that time period. There's a lot to My talk God. about. Yes, and so, you know, we, we've landed some pretty huge guests in the past. I would put this one right amongst those. Um, very excited when um, Larry said that there was a chance we could get Brett Sawyer. So yes, definitely I looking you, forward to that. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you jumping in here when we when we got this opportunity to uh, get to get Brett on the show. So this is this is great. Right, uh, and he could be calling it at any moment. So we're gonna. That's why we're kind of like hanging loose and seeing what's going on. Yeah. Let me tell a, a, a quick thing while we're waiting for him, though. You, you know, I was so waxing so strong on our, the, the, either the last show or the one before about going to Chicago and the AAW show at the Irving Hall and all that. Well, guess what? They were scheduled to run Irving, Irving Hall again Saturday night. And the day of the show, day of the show, the city shut down the building. What happened? Not clear. But they had to cancel and refund all tickets. They could not find another venue at the last minute. I'm sure they were close to sold out. And the city of Chicago, I, I don't think it was a liquor license issue because they had the liquor license. They, 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 they run regular events in there. So I don't think it was the liquor, but I don't know what it was. So Well, remember. What a, what a bummer. <laughs> that is a bummer. I mean, you know. When they uh, when they bring a, <laughs> a knife, you bring a gun. When they put one of yours in the hospital, you put one of theirs in the morgue. That's the Chicago way. I just saw Untouchables again. <laughs> By the way, if you have not seen the Untouchables, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> you should absolutely see that movie. So, so great. But the uh, city of Chicago, of course, uh, about to be a host to some pretty major things. Saturday, of course, um, yeah. June 17th, the debut of yet another AEW show and the return of CM Punk. Um, Larry, did you think it would happen this way? <laughs> it's pretty wild. No, I didn't. I didn't think it would happen this way. And um, I, I didn't, frankly, I didn't think it would, it would come about. And, um, 
I'm real curious. Does he get that wonderful sh- Chicago um, welcome, you know, or or does he get the mixed reaction? Uh, Mr. Steve, I'm getting a message yeah. from uh, Brett Sawyer. So he's asking yeah. me to to call him, which we should be able to do from Block Talk, right? We can call out. So <laughs> let's sure. take a shot. See, see if we can get him on the phone here. Sounds great. So yeah, I'm real curious to see what 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 goes down. Uh, but I I just don't have a good feeling about this Saturday night thing. It's such a tough night for TV. I hope I'm wrong. AEW has defied the odds before, Boy, and they continue to they continue to in the least shocking news ever. I saw where they reported that. The XFL lost sixty million in its first year. Um, that's that's not shocking. What is shocking is how the universal response from people seems to be. Yeah, well, you know, it's a startup, and, and I was like, wrestling fans who have little tolerance for anything and seem ready to jump on the slightest uh, mistake. Um, for some reason, seem to be giving the XFL a pass on this one, and The Rock as well. Um, which is very unwrestling fans of them. Yeah. So, all right, here we go. Let's dial. We're dialing them up. Let's see if this works. Yeah. Hello. Uh, is this Brett Sawyer? Yes, sir. Mr. Sawyer, Larry Goodman, Tipping Point Podcast. You're on the air with myself and Stephen Platinum. Welcome to the show. How you doing, buddy? We're good. I'm good. I don't know doing about you, Steve. Great. Great. That's for sure. How you doing? Doing great, man. Um, you sound great. You sound in good health. How are you doing? How are you feeling in general, Mr. Sawyer? Uh, feel great. Uh, come back to wrestle and... Uh, I got. I'm hoping to wrestle on the 23rd, and uh, that's the next deal I got going on. Retired for eight years, and then came back a couple months ago, and just uh, trying to get booked here and there. And, that's great. Yeah. What 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 led to you wrestling again? What uh, well, what's the series of events that made you want to get back into the ring? Well, I figured if I sit around for another seven, eight years, I'd probably die. So I like staying busy and <laughs> like having extra money. <laughs> you're, um, yeah. you're based in uh, West Virginia now. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I grew up here and we moved to Florida when our house caught on fire, my mom owned a nightclub in Canaga, Ohio. And uh, my dad was originally from West Virginia. Mm-hmm. But uh, pretty much lost my whole family except one brother. <laughs> it's not been good, but hey, you got to move on. Life is short, that's for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, so how are you guys doing? Where you at in Atlanta or New York? Yeah, we're Atlanta. We're, we're Atlanta, Georgia. We're, yeah. Well, I'm in Atlanta. Steve's in Florida, but the show. Is I, I'm in Orlando, been... Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was in St. Pete for like 50 years. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and then I came back to West Virginia. Yep. So. Any questions answered? I lots, lots of questions. Okay. Sir, Larry Fire. I know Larry had a question or two. I, yeah, I, got, I, I was. I'd like to ask you about Portland because I know I love Portland. Good, yeah, tell us about that. Because I mean, you held the titles there and so forth. Tell us about oh, Portland. 
Yeah, Portland, Oregon. That's well. I wanted to go to Portland when I broke into business. Uh, I was a referee, and I trained with Ricky Steamboat and really Buzz and Matt Bourne mostly. Ricky would help occasionally, but not often. But uh, they trained me and um, for about nine months, and then I refereed for about mm, a little under a year. Then I started doing pro wrestling, and I went to Oregon because I didn't want everybody to think I was hanging on my brother's coattail. Buzz Sawyer, his real name is Bruce Woyan, and I'm Brett Woyan. That's my real name. And stage names, been Sawyer ever since. But, uh, you know, Oregon was great with a promoter like Don Owens. Uh, He was the most honest promoter I'd ever met in my life now that I look back. And uh, he gave me one hell of a push. Uh, Yeah, it was in Oregon. I went as Hacksaw Sawyer. And made a name for myself and wrestled Flair every time he came into Portland. And me and Andre the Giant would tag up and go against uh, Billy Jack Haynes, that guy. <laughs> he's, uh, I don't like to knock people, but he's like, you don't kayfabe nobody in pro wrestling. And he was telling the police he's selling steroids and all this shit. And, when you do stuff like that, he he just knocks the business everywhere he goes, and I don't like that either. It's he's I don't know. <laughs> like people tell me if you can't say nothing good, don't say nothing at all. So. <laughs> well, let, let me ask you about a couple other people that you you had to cross paths with out there. How about Buddy Rose? Oh, great guy, Buddy Rose, one hell of a worker. He was. He helped me tremendously in Oregon. When I, cause I, when I got out in Oregon, I was 18, and uh, you know, wow. it's, I got a hell of a push from Don Owens. He really took care of me, and he always paid me great in cash. And he, the best promoter I ever worked for. That's for damn sure. And the worst promoter I ever worked for was Bill Watts. <laughs> 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 okay, so why don't we ju- why don't we jump over there? Why do you say that? Why? I because mean, you ever worked for Bill Watts, you'd know why. Because he paid Buzz three grand, he gave me fifteen hundred, and we was in a tag match. And I walked out that day because he told me, you can't do that. You got to give a two-week notice. Well, you do jobs for two weeks if you give a two-week notice. I wasn't doing no damn jobs. I don't mind doing a job if there's money involved, but when they just do it because you're leaving, that's a problem. So, (laughs) and he was one tight dude. Oh, my God. (laughs) I reckon his son's in the pro wrestling now. You, so you weren't you weren't uh, you didn't work for Watch for long. I, think. Uh, I worked for Watch about eight months. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Didn't it wasn't that great? That's for sure. And when he gave my brother three grand and me fifteen hundred, that pretty much told me what to do. And uh, <laughs> back then, you know, you had forty territories you could go to. Nowadays, there ain't, some, ain't no 40 territories like there used to be in the early 80s, and that's for sure. But Bill Watts, he, you know, he, that's just, you know, that's common to anybody. If you go out as a tag team, you should get paid as a tag team, you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. Just move on. <laughs> You know, when you got all kinds of territories you can pick to go through, like, it was easy in the 80s. Nowadays, you got so many guys breaking in at WWE, you don't ever know who's the superstar because there's so many of them nowadays. In the early 80s, nobody my age really broke in pro wrestling. Everybody was always five or ten years older than me. I mean, I'm 62 now, but uh, I'll be 63 in August. What do you think about the fact that it's 
so much easier to get into wrestling now than it was when you broke in? Well, when I broke in, kayfabe meant something. You know what I mean? Uh, he was taught in this business. When you break into pro wrestling and you, like Billy, give Jim, like Billy Jack Haynes, for instance, here's a guy in Portland, Oregon. How was he living? Selling steroids. Well, then he would he would just knock every business. He would even knock Vince after he signed him up on a two-year contract. Still just talking shit. And that's not a way to get over with the public and especially the people that you, you, I mean, I helped train him a little bit, but he was just so cocky and arrogant that he was hard to train. He acted like he knew more than you did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not too many people get along with Billy Jackson, that's for sure, because he's hard to deal with. But you know, my co- in the area, eight, go ahead. No, I no, lost go my ahead. co-host. Uh, question about What's one that? other thing in Portland: teaming with uh, Tom Pritchard. Great guy, Tom Pritchard. And me, uh, we, yeah, he was one of my favorite partners. To be honest with you, um, Tom Pritchard's one hell of a guy. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. The only thing I can talk about Tom is it's all good. I mean, he was a great worker. He was a great interviewer. He was knew how to do every high spot that was called. Uh, he was he kept he took care of the business. I mean, in the early '80s, in late '70s, I mean, back then, when if you didn't kayfabe, I mean, a lot of pe- a lot of promoters would fire you if you went out there and started talking to the crowd or did something that was ridiculous. I mean, you got to take up for this business. I mean, if you either love it or you hate it. I mean, there's only two different stories there. I mean, if you love it, you love it. And if you hate it, you hate it. (laughs) You can't change people's mind, that's for sure. But when you got wrestlers that's giving out all the carny and uh, knocking the business and knocking other boys, it's easy to knock anybody. I mean, but that's just a cheap way out. Like uh, my girlfriend tells me, if you can't say nothing good, don't say nothing at all. <laughs> so, you know, okay. So, would you go back out? But go back out and, and wrestle now. Of course, it's. Uh, going to be quite a different environment, you know. Like, for example, baby faces and heels standing at the gimmick tables, selling gimmicks right next to each other. Well, at least oh that's what yeah, we're I mean, that's unheard of in the '80s. I mean, you'd have got fired for that shit. I'll give you. Yeah, you're you're right because I did when I first about three two and a half months ago when I got back into pro wrestling, I went to this big show that. Uh, he, uh, uh, Bobby Eden, or not Bobby Eden, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Bobby Fulton? Yeah, no, yeah, Bobby Fulton. Yeah, I mean, he ran a good show, but you know the sad part about it? I went crazy, and I told you, I went up to Bobby, and I, told, I was like, what the hell is this? These guys, they're in the ring when the crowd's there. They're in the ring going over high spots and, and just walking through the matches and stuff. I mean, I about had a heart attack. And I was like, what the hell is this bullshit? And I went up to Bobby, and, and I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I was like, this shit is ridiculous. And he's like, oh, Brett, it's, it's 2023 or 22. And I was like, yeah, I don't give a shit what year it is. I was like, why would you let that shit go on like that? Oh, they're going to do what they want to do. I was like, well, 
I tell you what, I can't believe this bullshit, because it, it was bullshit. They was going over everything in the ring, and people was watching, laughing. I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> and then come out an hour later, and the people done seen them going over all the BS. I mean, that's not good. Yeah, it's a different world. <laughs> you yeah. know, I... I I think I, I, I mentioned to you that I, I was sat ringside in the Omni for your your run, your entire run with with uh, Buzz in Atlanta, uh-huh. his entire run. So I, I you know, that's, it, it, yeah, it's a, it's a completely different world. <laughs> it is, man. I tell you, we, we, when kayfabe was a big deal back then, you know, I mean, that's the first thing they taught you in a, when you was going to a pro wrestling school which I'm getting ready to open back up. I mean, when you got somebody that go that goes against the cardinal sin, I mean, they they really that really irked me because, you know, I've been I wrestled for 42 years. I mean, I started when I was 17, I was refereeing. And I learned a lot from the referees because you know, watch how every guy or a baby face or heel calls a good high spot and they'll either act like they're talking to the crowd, but really they're calling a high spot. And that you, you just learn every guy does it different. Some guys cover their mouth. Some guys try to do it with their mouth shut, mouth open. I mean, but, you know, they always knew to kayfabe all the fans and, you know, but nowadays, <laughs> boy, they smarten the fans up before the bell rings. I mean, it is ridiculous. It's sad, really. I, and when when I came back, I, I did wrestle once in a tag with this Richie Rich kid who's a lying piece of shit. He's one of the worst guys I ever met in this business. He's a prime example for cases, mm. that's for sure. And a, a drug use that people do nowadays, you know, if somebody smokes a little weed or something, that ain't a big deal. But when you're doing heavy drugs with a needle and stuff like that, you got problems. And I can tell you, I've never did that, that's for sure. In the early 80s, yeah, I did my share of drugs. I ain't going to sit here and lie to you. But at the same time, I ain't touched that shit in years. <laughs> so, I mean, I did a little cocaine. Everybody did in the early 80s. <laughs> everybody else gets on here and they want to tell, we want to knock everybody in the business. Wow. <laughs> so, so. Okay. I'm outside, so it's better. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. okay. Uh, I, okay. I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you about a couple stories that pertain to Buzz in in terms of knocking uh-huh. people. W- one of the uh-huh. ones was the story that Arn Anderson told of kicking Buzz's teeth oh, out. Teeth out. Uh, let me tell you something. I, I, I can't wait to see Arn Anderson in person because I'm going to oh. walk up to him and I'm going to say, Arn. Why the hell you get on YouTube and Facebook and tell everybody you kick Buzz's teeth? Buzz had a Porsche. He wrecked it in St. Petersburg, Florida. You could look at, you could go to St. Petersburg and get the records, and they'll tell you, yeah, he knocked both of his front teeth out. He hit the steering wheel after he totaled his Porsche, and then Arn Anderson going around telling everybody he knocked his teeth out. If he would have even punched Buzz. Buzz was a ninth grader pinning 12th graders in 30 seconds, and none of them went over two minutes. He always pinned them. And Buzz was a great – he could have went to the Olympics, but he didn't. And he died at an early age, 32. I mean, he's been dead for 33 years. And I can hear Arn Anderson telling him, oh, I'm not Buzz's fucking teeth out because he got tough and rowdy with me. Well, let me tell you something. Arn Anderson, he says, oh, Brett was an okay worker. Well, I work Arn, and I don't got a belly like Arn. I can tell you that. I try to stay in shape. And get to, all he wants to do is knock people. He's one guy I don't mind knocking because he gets on there and talks so much bullshit about kicking Buzz's ass. Anybody that knew Buzz, you think he'd walk up and punch Buzz and knock his teeth out and Buzz wouldn't do nothing? Obviously, he he don't know who the hell he's talking about because Buzz was one bad 
dude. I mean, it, it caused him a lot of grief at times. But then again, I look back now, I can see why. He, here Arn Anderson is talking about somebody that's been dead for 33 years, knocking these teeth out. Why is he trying to get publicity about knocking somebody's fucking teeth out? I'd like to knock his teeth out. I mean, but, you know, I ain't going to go around and tell everybody, oh, I'm not doing that. This way he says it just hurts my ass. I think that's ridiculous, and he knows it's all bullshit. And if he knocked Buzz's teeth out, I would go up and and, and shake his hand. But he's lying. It's, I mean, that's so much bullshit. I, you know what I'm going to do? I do go back, go to the record place, and put it on TV just so people can see how big a liar Arn Anderson is. You can't believe shit that's coming out of his mouth. <sighs> But anyway. Now, when, when, a little bit more on your brother. When I when I saw him in Atlanta, the, uh-huh. he, he stood out as somebody who was there was an edginess, a dangerousness to him that oh, came yeah. across in the ring that I didn't I didn't get that feeling from a lot of the other wrestlers. Um, well, what, go ahead. Is, like the weather, he's unpredictable. I, I, you know, if Arn would have told me something, a different kind of story, but Buzz, man, he didn't take shit. I'll tell you, one day we went in McDonald's. I got long hair, and I've always had long hair. But one day I went in, we were getting out of his Porsche, and he, this guy, the couple guys walked by, and I had long hair, and they, they're like, look at that faggot <laughs> talking about me, right? Buzz put his hand, or his quarter pounder down, his Coca-Cola he handed to me. There was three of them. He beat the shit out of all three of them, came back and got his <laughs> food and ate and left. Act like it was nothing. <laughs> Laugh my ass off. Uh, I mean, it was, he, Buzz had, he had, he, uh, I don't know. He was different. There's no doubt. It's like the ultimate warrior, not the ultimate warrior. Uh, what's his name? Uh, he worked at WWE. Uh, I can't think of his name now. Shit. Uh, the Undertaker. Telling yeah. Buzz ripped him off. Well, let me tell you what happened in that story. That he didn't tell nobody. He didn't come to class for over a month and a half. And he wonders why that Buzz left him. Well, I'll tell you why Buzz left him. Because when you go to a wrestling school, you don't come when you want to come. You come when the guy that's training you, if they don't train you at least four or five days a week, you're never going to learn this business. Well, uh, he didn't show up for weeks. Then he comes back complaining the Buzz ripped him off for 2500 or what the hell ever it was. No, he didn't come to class. <laughs> then he just wanted to put it all on Buzz. And did Buzz rip him off? No, he didn't show up. He didn't want to train with Buzz because Buzz stretched him and taught him a little story. And he ain't coming out telling people he got stretched because he sure did. And if he thinks he could have stretched Buzz, I'd like to hear that myself. And it's just the bullshit that goes along with all this. Talking about a dead person, you got to have a little bit of respect. These guys ain't got no respect. Neither one of them aren't or him. They think they're, they're I don't know. They, you know, the Undertaker, hey, he would have never did what he did if he hadn't went to Buzz's school. And he sure made it in pro wrestling, and his gimmick got over. I ain't going to knock him, but at the same time, sure I will. If he wants to knock my dead brother, I'd be more than happy to knock him the hell out. I did amateur wrestling. I wasn't as great as Buzz, but I did I did okay, that's for sure. What, but you got guys, Memphis? talks cheap. Huh? Was this in Memphis where he was training him? Where where was he training uh, Undertaker? No, Buzz was in California then, because I was in oh. Atlanta, Georgia. Cause my wife, she died from cancer in 2016. And oh, I was married 37 years. Yeah, thank you. I was married 37 years, and then she died from cancer in 2016. So I came back to, I left Florida and came back to West Virginia. And uh, I'm still here. Uh, I like West Virginia. It's where I grew up. So I just like it. It's laid back. You ain't got, in Florida, it's, a, it's so much different. It's just a hustle, you know. I like Florida, but 
<laughs> not that much. <laughs> I spent 50 years there. I mean, <laughs> I like I like privacy <laughs> and uh, live on a you, little mountain. Yeah. Is there, is there much wrestling there in West Virginia? Are there many shows to – No, no, there's not a whole lot of wrestling. There's a lot of – I mean, some of these guys I wouldn't even wrestle for because it's just – they let so many, so much be. I like, like I was telling you in the eighties, kayfabe meant something. Nowadays, kayfabe don't mean shit. I mean, these guys, like Bobby Fulton's a show. Bobby runs some good shows. Don't get me wrong, but no, at he the does. same yeah. time, yeah, he runs some great shows. I mean, I, but he can't stop these guys. I know he can't. I mean, uh, they're going to do what they want to do. But see, I got to. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't deal with that. I wouldn't put up with it like Bobby does. I mean, but he does put. He deals with a lot of bullshit, and he Bobby runs some great shows. He really does. I I I, I like Bobby a lot. My best friend growing up was Tommy Rogers. His real oh, name yeah. was Tom Cat. Yeah. Yeah. He was me and him were best friends from seventh grade because I moved to Ohio or to Florida when I was eight. Because my parents' house burnt in West Virginia, and or really it was Canaga, Ohio, and uh, you know, I, it's just I don't know. But Bobby let me ask you, and his two boys. Go ahead. No, I was going to ask you about about Georgia for a bit. Um, I love you Georgia. Know, yeah. What, what about? I'm, I'm curious about what your uh, remembrances are of like the um, Georgia Championship Wrestling and the with the uh, Road Warriors. Oh, man, we had Road Warriors, you know, they always tried me, and, you know, I, they was cool with me, and they worked with me, and they broke my wrist, you know, and we got in the dressing room, and I was going, getting ready to go to the hospital, and they're like, oh, Brett, we're sorry, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm sure you guys did it on purpose, and they're like, no, we didn't, no, we didn't, <laughs> I was like, well, okay, but anyway, I reckon Buzz had a little talk with him, and he's like, if you ever break something on him again, we're going to have a problem. But we know them were great people, I think. They were great work. Well, when they got to Atlanta, Ole us to help train them, and we trained with them and helped them as much as we could because we was working an angle for a couple years with them, and it was going great. We were selling out everywhere we went. And yeah. uh, it was great. And like the Omni, I love going through the Omni because you can perform so much better. You got so much more energy. When you got a, a pretty much sold out crowd or, I mean, it was always packed. And yep. you was there, you yep. know. <laughs> yep. At that, at that time you know, period it was, yeah. Yeah. And it, it was hot, you know. And nowadays, I just I'm just coming back to pro wrestling and anybody out there want to get a hold of me, I'll give them my number, and uh, I'll leave my number on this talk. I, I, uh, I'd be more than happy to go anywhere because I'm used to traveling. And uh, I'm getting back in because, you know, if you, if you retire and you get, uh, I don't know, if you, I, I just can't set around. I'm not that type of person. I've always been hyper go-getter and make things happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you got to, so that's what I'm doing now is trying to things and a guy, a guy named Moose, you know, Moose? No, no. Uh, he's a big guy here in, in West Virginia. Super nice guy. He's helped me a lot. Uh, that Tommy, that Richie Rich kid, he screwed me so bad. He left me hanging. Yeah, I'll never forget that. I can tell you, that's one guy you can't trust. He, he, he started out like he wanted to help me, and all he did was get out of me what he could, and just uh, he went on his way and left me hanging. And I won't forget that. That's for sure. Is he, is he a promoter? Is he a promoter there in West Virginia? No. He, well, he thinks he is. Moose, he's a promoter. <laughs> that's why I work with him. Okay. <laughs> he's, Moose is a great guy. He's a, he's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, if not bigger, he's a big old boy, and he loves pro wrestling. And he's he's got a gym at his house. I go down and help train some of his guys. I ain't been down there in a couple of weeks, but. Uh, 
I've been calling him. He'll tell me either come or don't come. And so I'm getting ready to open up Mad Dogs and here in West Virginia because these kids, when they get out of high school in West Virginia, well, the only thing they got to look forward to is drinking, drugs, and all that. Well, put your son in a pro wrestling school. At least he's got a chance to get something and go places. And I got a lot of connections all over the United States. But, you know, you got to make it happen right here. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show them how easy it is. A lot of these guys open up schools. They never did pro wrestling. I don't get how somebody can open up a pro wrestling school and train people. What? What do you are you concerned? I'm wondering about like what from what you said about you know the issues with the lack of kayfabe and so forth. And today, what oh. do you think about the, the the guys you're going to be training and the attitudes they're coming in with? Well, uh, if a guy comes in with an attitude, I'm sure that's I know that's exactly what happened with the Undertaker. He came in after missing four or five weeks and thought, but. Okay, everything. Buzz told him he screwed up. And they got in a big argument, and he ended up leaving, or he would have. And then he goes around talking all this about Buzz ripped him off. No, he's the one that made that mistake. If he had showed up, he'd have got trained. And you can I've got films of all Buzz's stuff he did in Sacramento, and I've got one of the Undertaker out there, you know. He was crying around like a little baby, <laughs> uh, but the now under, he's a big. He's a, oh yeah, uh huh. Yeah. What, what did Buzz, Buzz stretched him? Oh, Buzz did stretch him. Yeah, taught him the lesson. Yeah, but he ain't gonna tell people that. He, he's another Arn Anderson. Hey, they they're the ones that cho- that picked this shit. I, I'm just ta- I'm just I heard it and I'm taking up for my brother because I knew what went on with him and the Undertaker. I mean, I was living in Atlanta, and Buzz was living in Sacramento, and I would fly in and out. I'd help him train every other week. But I had my own wrestling school in Georgia, and that's how I knew about The Undertaker. And he's like, oh, Brett wasn't even there. Oh, I flew in out every month, at least twice a month. I didn't know you had a school uh, down in, in, so you had a school down in Atlanta for a while, or in Georgia? And Florida. Florida is where I did my best, to be honest with you. Atlanta was good, too. I had, like, 28 students in Atlanta. And uh, Florida, it's a little harder because you got – it's like uh, Virginia here. You got to get all these damn – they want to charge you $100 for a a, a business card and $100 you to death. I mean, and then they want you to get insurance. And, I mean, they're up your ass. That's for sure. But if you're making money and you if you know how to train people, and I enjoy training people because you get out of it what you put into it in three months if a guy's going to make it or not. On your, if on you've your, been training. I saw on your, I'm sorry for interrupting. I, I, I saw on your wiki you? page that, that, you, that it said you and Brett, or you and Buzz, trained Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock. True? Yep, it's true. Very wow. true. Buzz trained him more than I did, but I was there helping Buzz. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, Ken Shamrock was a super nice guy. Very humble. He was a badass dude, too. And But he was as humble as you could be and very nice, very polite. He was a badass, too. I mean, he didn't go around hosting like The Undertaker and bragging about knocking Buzz's teeth out that he didn't knock out. A car wreck knocked that out. I just, that's Arn Anderson, I'm sorry. But I just don't get it, why you want to knock somebody. Why, why didn't you bring all that shit up when it happened? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's, it's neither one of us is going to believe each other until the day we die. But, you know, it is what it is. I mean, if you go to school and you miss six weeks of school, you got problems. I mean, obviously... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Undertaker. I, I, I want to ask you about one other, uh, at least one other guy that uh, I sure. crossed paths with down in Florida uh, that I liked very much when I saw him up in Smoky Mountain. I know he was Jimmy Del Rey up at that point, but he was Jimmy Backlund when you teamed with him. Oh, tag team buddy of mine. Yeah, Jimmy Backlund. Super nice guy, man. Super nice guy. 
Billy, me and him tagged together, and we had a blast. That's for sure. Uh huh. We had a blast. Did you Did you enjoy the, the your run in Florida wrestling? Oh yeah. Uh huh. The only thing I didn't enjoy is when Dusty gave me the bubblegum kid shit. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. What uh, the bubblegum kid? Yeah, he he he. Okay, I went in there as Brett Wayne and yeah, Dusty. I was getting over, and Dusty was helping me get over, no doubt. And then he's like, Brett, you know, man, I got a gimmick for you. And I was like, What's that, Dusty? He goes, Man, I want you to be the bubblegum kid. I'm like, To what? He goes, Yeah, just a buck to all the kids and the fans. He goes, I think that'll help you get over, Brett, and change your name to the Bubblegum Kid. <laughs> well, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> I like Brett Wayne much better. <laughs> but I did the Bubblegum Kid because Dusty was the booker. <laughs> and I like Dusty. He was a great guy. And me and Dustin were house for six months on my couch. And my wife, and she didn't mind it a bit. <laughs> But, yeah, me and Dustin got along great. So I know if I'd have said something to you, I just went along with Dusty because in this business, if you got a promoter that's booking, you better get along with him. You're going to be a job boy. <laughs> uh-huh. You can count every light, how many lights are in every building because your ass is going to be down on the ground getting pinned <laughs> looking up at those lights. Uh-huh. What, what was your um... – did you have uh, when you look back on it? Did you have a favorite territory of the ones? Because I know you were, you worked in so many different ones. No, Atlanta. My favorite was uh, Oregon. Second, Atlanta, Georgia, no doubt. That's yeah. where I met my wife, Janice Warrior, and uh, I met her. She was about five years younger than me. We got married when I was twenty-three, and uh, it was so great until cancer came up. That was. Mm-hmm. So we, she got a quarter of a million dollar bill, and her boss paid it, and uh, she died about two and a half years after she got cancer, triple negative breast cancer. That shit, that's 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 hard to watch your wife suffer like that. Yeah, but you know, thirty-seven years with a woman. <laughs> That, that's unheard of nowadays. <laughs> I mean, I know our parents that's been together for each other for 80 years. I mean, uh, you know, but it's just how you, your life is very important. So is your health. That's why I try to stay busy. I, I just, I retired because I had, I got my back operated on and that was a mistake. And uh, I paid for that. And, it still bugs me a little bit, but uh, I'm just ready to go back to work because I'm tired of sitting around. <laughs> and uh, other than the injury, I got a phone. The, the, other than the What's injury, you, you got, other than the injury you got at the hands of the um, road warriors, did you did you have many injuries during your career, or did you were you were you pretty fortunate in that respect? I was very fortunate, to be honest with you. Uh, I broke my leg once, and uh, and my wrist, the Road Warriors did that. But besides that, you know, there was a couple times when I was coming off the top rope. I broke my wrist trying to break my fall. That was a bad mistake. 23 accidents I had in 42 years. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, and Atlanta was my favorite for sure. I mean, Atlanta, Oregon was definitely my favorite. Atlanta was right in there, and Florida was. I like Atlanta and Florida and Oregon. It was my three favorites. And you know, I went to Japan and wrestled for New Japan. That was good money. Eighty thousand dollars for five weeks. <laughs> Eighty thousand for a five-week tour back then. Not bad. No, it wasn't, because back then, we didn't make the money these guys make now. These guys make killer money. It's like Billy Jack got a contract and started crying and complaining over it. And I reckon Vince let him go after he heard him whining so much. When you got a guy in your ear whining all the time, that's a problem. I mean, you gotta, if you want to break in pro wrestling, you got to want it. I mean, you can't force people to sign up. And you can't uh, – I don't charge a whole lot. I mean, 
If somebody thinks $2,500 is a lot to train somebody for six months, well, I charge them $2,500. You can put half down. You can put a quarter down. As long as you sign the contract, I don't care. And I'll train them for six months, and it's four days a week. Mm-hmm. And I work mm-hmm. around their schedule. So uh, a lot of guys need to – a lot of guys, and I'm going getting ready to take off here in West Virginia. These kids ain't got no, no – no, no, there's gyms here, but they don't got nothing to go to. They don't have, like, I don't know, West Virginia. Just when these kids get out of school, they're either going to go to – an education is something everybody can use. And uh, pro wrestling, well, it's who you know, but at the same time, if you've got a good gimmick and it gets over with the public, well – that's that's what it's all about is coming up with the gimmick and uh knowing how to do high spots knowing how to call high spots knowing how to take them do them i mean there's a lot of i always train somebody i like to give them more training than they've i mean i i love training people i enjoy it and i see you can tell if somebody's going to make it or not you got to want it, oh, you got to want it. But some guys, you know, as uh, like Buzz always said, you, like he, he taught, you get out of it what you put into it. And that's mm-hmm. just like anything in life. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it sure and is. There's a lot of, like Tom Pritchard's got a wrestling school, and, and he's a great Very trainer. Good Very good one. Uh-huh. He's, one the best, he's one of the best around for sure. For sure. Oh, I would say, yeah, he definitely is one of the best. And he, um, I was out there, that was in 82, I think, when we tagged up. But you can go on Google and pull up Brett Wayne Sawyer videos, and they'll show me and Ric Flair having matches. I got like five matches on there with Flair. And then it shows me and Andre tagging. And I can back up all my information with YouTube or Google. But uh, there's a lot they didn't get. I wish I would have got all my stuff in Japan shipped over here, and, but I didn't. So that the, your the uh, Japan tour was that like '87? Do I have that right? Around, yep. Was that the? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was uh, Japan is totally different. Those guys, they they're rough. <laughs> They don't mind getting they, – they'll fight right back, oh, boy. They got some uh, good old boys over there and some tough guys, too, I can tell you. They don't kick the ass. But the money, I mean, 80 grand, hell, you'd have to work a year, not five weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they put you up in this big hole. They give you a room the size of the half the Omni. I mean, it was unreal. <laughs> people up. I was. And these girls would come knocking at your door. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, Japanese women. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> what was your... Uh, go wrestling. I know... Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I know you said you liked Atlanta and and uh, you like Portland number one, uh, Georgia number two. What was your favorite like run of your career? Was it in Georgia? Was it in Portland or somewhere else? It would be Georgia and Portland. Okay, it was my right. two best runs, I'd say for sure. I mean, Ole helped me out tremendously. Uh, you know. My favorite was Oregon and then Georgia because that's where I met Janice. And uh, uh, I liked Florida. Just there wasn't a whole lot of money there. I mean, it was okay. But nowadays, that it's, money is not everything. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Yeah. But I'm, I'd like to put my number out there, too, if anybody's interested. It's uh, yeah. 430 333 8305. And uh, Brett saw so, so, if anybody's interested in, in getting with you for training, just, just call you at that number. Uh huh, for sure. Great. And I can I, I can train them in the morning, at night, it don't matter, whenever they want. That's what you got to have an open contract with these people because. A lot of they got to work. Some of them do. Some of them 
some of them's parents pay for it. Uh, some of them's aunts, uncles pay for it. You know, it's always, there's always, a, uh, you know, if some guys getting the money up, I still train them. I mean, as long as they paid a grand or more, I mean, you got to work with people. You can't just be money hungry. But a lot of laid back people in West Virginia, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, hey, I, I wish you all the success in the world when you get back into it. And also when you get back into wrestling, do you have a, um, a, a date coming up where people can see you live? Yeah, wrestling? it's the 23rd. Uh, I, okay. You know, I'd have to call Moose and ask him where it is, but is it, I get I can call, call you back and leave you a number to tell the people or the name of the town. Yeah, I know it's it in. Uh, yeah, I'll put it on Facebook. It's okay, about cool. an hour away from. It's a. It's in Ohio, and it's we was there about two months ago. That's where Bobby Fulton he runs that one, and man, yeah. he gets one hell of a crowd. I tell you that. Whew. And Sting, oh my God, is he over? <laughs> He's yeah. over more than all these guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I was shocked. Uh, Mr. Sawyer, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for giving us your time tonight. Well, thank you, and I hope you have a great week. Thanks. You too. Take care, man. God bless. Bye bye. Bye. Well, we seem to have lost Mr. Platinum along the way here. So, for Stephen Platinum, for Larry Goodman, until next time on The Tipping Point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.